Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Shaleen Show. I'm your host, Shaleen. Super happy to have you here. Grateful for you. Super grateful for every one of you who has written me a review for the show recently. I want to thank wife, mom, biz owner who left a review on August 11th. She said, Shaleen, your podcast has pulled me through a rut. You are so positive and motivational. 2020 has been the hardest year of my life, and your words have helped me tremendously. Thank you for your spirit. And this one from Melissa Rentis, who said, Shaleen's podcast have been an amazing resource for me as I continue to learn and grow as a woman, wife, mom, and now a life coach. I can't believe it's taken me this long to write a review. A big part of that is because I couldn't find the words to describe the impact she's had on my life for the last 14 years. Now, I can really see how God has used her as an instrument for rediscovering my purpose and learning how to walk in it. Melissa, thank you so much for that review. And wife, mom, biz owner, please be sure to check our show notes. We have a special message just for you. I really appreciate your positive reviews because I'm human. And when I get a negative review, it's nice to have a positive review to cancel it out. And sometimes it takes like 10 positive reviews in my head to cancel a negative one like this one from CRB1983244256907. Six eight nine nine. Okay, love your username. And she gave me, or he, I assume it's a she, gave me a one star. And the title of it is Fake Reviews. I think all of these five star reviews are fake. They all reference Shaleen specifically by name, and they all have the same tone. I don't care what podcasts I listen to, good or bad. There are none that have all this fangirl review stuff going on. Something is up. Really? Like you wrote a review, not about my podcast, but you wrote a review about the reviews? Uh, okay. I guess that's one way to spend your time. So to user CRB1983244256907, even though your review wasn't of the show and even though your review wasn't very nice, I would love to make sure that you have a better day. And whatever I can do to help turn someone around whose brain like kind of goes to the negative, that's kind of why I create the show. So I really do hope that you're listening and that you'll find some of the content in these episodes helpful. That's all that I can hope for. If you've been struggling with a plateau, if your weight just doesn't seem to budge and you've been eating less and less and less, if you have lost a lot of weight and now you are so afraid of returning to normal and you're continuing to diet and you know you just can't sustain that, today's guest is going to be incredibly helpful. Today, I have on Julie Ledbetter. Now, what's really cool about Julie, and I didn't even realize it until I went to interview her today, is that Julie is a former student of mine, a marketing student, a business student. And what I love about her story is like many of you, she had a personal experience that she got worked through herself. And she turned that experience into a business that helps others. Julie is the host of Embrace Your Real. It's a podcast that I think you guys are going to love. So definitely subscribe. She teaches women how to honor their bodies, how to love their bodies, and how to phase their diets, understanding how to reverse diet, the negative side effects of under eating, and how to free themselves from body shame, limiting beliefs, and the roller coaster of dieting. She's a former WBFF bikini pro athlete turned lifestyle and health mentor. 
you definitely want to check her out on Instagram. All of her contacts are in the show notes. Without further ado, let's talk about reverse dieting with Julie Ledbetter. Julie, thank you so much for joining me today. I am super excited to talk about this topic. Yes, me too. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to share any sort of valuable knowledge for your audience. Well, we have a lot in common, but I don't even know. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. How did we connect? I mean, other than Instagram. You know, I don't know. I know we follow a lot of the same people, but I was just looking back and in 2016, I actually purchased your virtual business academy. Way back when we first started our business, we actually started in 2013, but that was when we were really looking for like virtual online, how to like hire personal assistants and virtual assistants. And so I initially took that course. And then I think from there, I know we know a lot of the same people. I was in the mastermind with Lewis House and a lot of people in common in California there. So I mean, other than that, yeah. I love. I, I just love following you on Instagram. I mean, that's where I've really like become a fan and love the stuff, the content that you post. And not that this is an episode about Instagram, but I'm always telling people, if you really want to make your mark, just be known for one thing for a little while, and then you can yeah. branch off and do all the things. But like you do such a great job of, I just know if I'm going to see your content, that it's going to make me feel good. It's going to help me mm-hmm. understand my body. And I just think you do such a great job of that. In fact, like, I mean, I love that you even talk about hair and the mental side of mm-hmm. nutrition and that you share so much of your story. So for those of people who haven't been following you and aren't familiar with your story, tell us a little bit about your own history with diet and exercise. Yeah. So previously, I mean, I struggled with an eating and body image disorder for years of my life. I can remember even in high school struggling with it, being on the cheerleading squad and just feeling the pressure of being in front of people and being the Enneagram number three that I am, such a perfectionist and people pleaser. I felt really out of control in a lot of areas of my life, like family life. And so I think I took that out on wanting to control my diet and wanting to control my exercise. And so really, you know, under eating and over exercising was the name of the game for a long time of my life. And then going into college, still not really knowing anything when it comes to nutrition and training. And so just doing what I saw in magazines, which was endless amounts of cardio, restricting my caloric intake. And then from there, I met my husband after I graduated college. And he really was the first person to, number one, as a boyfriend at the time, kind of ask me, honestly, if I had an eating disorder. And that was the first time that someone really had bluntly asked me, especially someone that, you know, I was dating at the time. Can I ask, how did, do you remember your first thought when he asked that question? Were you defensive? Yes, very defensive and very like, why do you care? This is not something, you know, that you need to know about type of pushing it off. But then something inside of me was like, okay, he's actually asking from a place of love. And it was like inside, I wanted everything in me to be better because I was so over, like just feeling so consumed by it all. But yeah, so I remember having mixed feelings. Like this is crazy that you're asking me bluntly on our first date, but this is also like total divine thing. And so I felt safe in that time. And, you know, he was one of the first people that I actually said, yeah, I'm really struggling. I don't know what to do when it comes to nutrition. I feel so out of control in my body and I feel like I'm constantly trying to control it and it's just not working in my favor. And Mm. 
I was just exhausted mentally, physically. My hair would, was not growing. My, you know, my skin was constantly breaking out and I felt bloated all the time. And it was just like, there was things in my body that were not working properly. And so I'm so grateful that he did ask that because that's what he studied in college. He studied health and exercise science and sports nutrition. And so he was very, very interested in helping people in terms of nutrition. And he really taught me, I mean, everything that I know when it comes to nutrition, he taught me so much in training. I was so scared of weights and only doing cardio, endless amounts of cardio and restricting my caloric intake so low. So he really got me into like, okay, we got to, you know, that you need to start eating protein because on our first date, I had a salad and I'm like pushing aside the carrots and the chicken. And he's like, there is a severe problem with you. So yeah. And Um, it's interesting how so many women will be able to relate to the story of not feeling good, knowing that I hate the way this is controlling my life and my every thought, and I don't enjoy social interactions. And I'm a prisoner every day thinking about when am I going to exercise? What am I going to eat? Have I eaten too much? What's going to happen later tonight? What's going to happen this weekend? And always worrying about these things and being a prisoner to those things and realizing that it's debilitating and taking over our lives yet. Yes. Yes. We are so afraid to do anything different because the fear Mm -hmm. of letting go or the fear of gaining a lot of weight for some reason is scarier than the thought that we might be able to be happy and at peace with our Mm -hmm. food and our body. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I remember, I mean, it's crazy, but it's not crazy because food is an essential part of our day. So of course we're going to be thinking about food. And if you don't have a healthy relationship with food and your body and identifying that, it's everything that you're thinking about, right? We have over 60 to 80,000 thoughts per day. And how many of those thoughts is that consuming because you haven't dealt with it. You haven't learned to properly put yourself in a place where you're teaching yourself like nutrition. And that's kind of where, you know, I felt at peace because I was like, yes, I want to learn about this because the more that I like tackle this head on and learn about it, I feel like I'll be in control instead of stopping to trying, you know, trying to constantly find control. I will have control because I'm educating myself and I'll feel empowered around food instead of feeling scared and anxious and all of those feelings that then is a ripple effect with your relationships and all of the social events and all of those things. It's an easy, simple way to improve your level of confidence and feeling like you're in control is to just turn to education. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always recommend that to people. So at the time, and you know, we definitely want to talk about reverse dieting, but I love setting the stage. Did you look anorexic? Could people look at you and go, oh, she has an eating disorder? Or were you being praised for your discipline? How did that play in? Mm, yeah. I mean, I look back now and I, I definitely feel like I look malnourished. Like my arms were just, I was just at an unhealthy weight for my height. I'm five nine and I, you know, my lowest was like 105 pounds. So it was very, very low, but also my weight would fluctuate because I would go from like restrict mode, restrict mode, restrict mode to like eating everything in sight. And then I would just feel so bloated and icky. But at the same time I did work, I managed a salon. And so I was constantly around the industry of physical appearance. And so, you know, people were like, what are you doing? You look so great. And so in some sense, it was like fueling me, but there were so many times where I just wanted, I would say thank you, but I would want to scream back, 
you have no idea the prison that I'm in. Like, I just want you to know that this is not realistic and this is not sustainable. And I am like wanting to get out, but it was like that outward appearance praise. That's what fueled it for a long time. And we really have to be careful about that. It's why I always tell people I've learned that, you know, you can't blame people. It's a natural go-to. When you mm-hmm. see someone's lost a lot of weight, even if you're in your mind, you think a negative thought like, wow, they look really bad. They look really gaunt. They look old. They look sick. They look tired. We've been conditioned to say, you look great. That's what we've been conditioned to do. I have told the story about one of the programs that I had to film, exercise program, and, and I, I was asked to get as lean as possible for this mm-hmm program. And I I showed up at death's door. Like I literally, I didn't have the mental capacity to deal with people. I was so irritable and I couldn't sleep. I couldn't think. I was just a wreck. My hair was falling out. I couldn't even drive well. Like every part of me was not functioning well. I felt like I was going to die, but I showed up on the set to film that video and I had like zero energy and I felt gaunt and I was depleted of water and everything else. And all I got was massive amounts of praise. Like you have never looked better. Wow. Mm-hmm. You look great. It's, and it's so confusing to say like, okay, so I'm killing myself, mm-hmm. but that's great. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and of course people don't know what you're doing, but it's really confusing. And I think that we have to be really careful, especially to the moms out there and girlfriends, women, dads, like dads, like just be so careful. I just don't even mention someone's weight. Just, mm-hmm. Talk about energy, talk about anything other than a person's body image. That's my rule of thumb. Yeah. And I mean, that's all I'm for growing up. I would just look at, you know, covers of magazines and I didn't see any sort of behind the scenes. They never even shared any of that. They shared the best of the best photo. That's most likely Photoshopped, like so many things, so many layers to it. And it's the same. I mean, now transition that to social media. You're just scrolling on the explore page and you see these very, very lean women. And it's so easy to compare yourself at a healthy state and feeling like, man, I feel good in my relationships. I feel like I have energy. I feel like what I'm doing is sustainable. But yet it's really easy to look at something else very, very lean, scrolling on Instagram and asking yourself, am I doing enough? Because you don't right. see, you know, you don't see the behind the scenes. So you start working with him on nutrition or how did that transition happen? Yeah. So it was a very slow transition. I mean, it wasn't, I wish it was overnight, but nothing sustainable is overnight. I started working with him and I just started learning like the basics of protein, carbs, and fats because previously I had just restricted and I didn't even know any sort of concept when it comes to how much to fuel my body, what to fuel my body. It was just like constant restriction mode of like, Mm. oh, it's a fruit, an apple. Okay, I'll have that. And then I was wondering why I was so hungry and why I was so irritable and why my hormones were out of whack. I kind of learned for the first, I would say it was like three months. I was like kind of immersing myself into the whole nutrition realm. And then you know, just being a very naive 22-year-old girl, I was like, well, what do you do? What's the next step? And what's the next level in fitness? And I had told myself the next level is a competition. Like if I really Mm want to make a name for myself in the fitness industry, it's a fitness competition. It's a bikini competition. And so I uh, decided to prep for my bikini competition, which is not advised whatsoever coming from a very restricted eating, you know, disordered eating mentality 
to going straight into two-a-day workouts and eating very low carb for my first competition, you know, I was eating maybe 1,200 calories. And if that, I was really struggling wow. to lose weight. And Working eat. out twice a day and at 5'9"? Yeah. Yep. Girl. Girl. Yeah, was, I bet you were pleasant to be around. <laughs> no, I was not pleasant at that time. I lost my period. Like my hormones were so, it was like, I kind of went into this realm of like wanting to learn more about nutrition. And then I went deep into fitness and I was like, oh, this is what fitness is. And fitness is going to the gym twice a day, eating as little as possible. But at the time I was in it, I was like, you know, I'm going to do what I need to do. And I just need to work harder. And it was like the you know, the mentality of like being the 1% and mm. it was just not a healthy mentality. So I ended up getting up on stage. Uh, it was like a quick, I think it was three and a half, four, four month prep. And I won third place. And then I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Like, I have been working so hard for this goal, this physique goal that I, you know, get up on stage and these people judge me. And then now what do I do? Like, I, where do I go from here? No yeah, there was no kind of transition. So within a matter of four weeks post-show, I had gained 15 pounds. I was miserable, just like so miserable at my lowest. I would say I was even lower than before because I had seen my body at, at a stage lean, you know, going from like really having body dysmorphia and then going into weightlifting, feeling a little confident, then going into my competition, seeing my body at stage lean, but knowing that that's not maintainable then not really feeling in control out of, you know, post-show because I'm like, well, I deserve this. I deserve this cookie. I deserve this tub of ice cream and just, you know, having a horrible mentality with food. And so I hit my rock bottom. I was like, I don't know what to do. I am so messed up. And uh, I had heard this term of, you know, flexible dieting and, and reverse dieting. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I just need to get my head on straight and I just need to do it again. And so I had this kind of like hard mentality to break because I was so ingrained in the ways of dieting patterns, but I hit rock bottom and I was like, if I want to do this, then I need to hire a coach because I don't know what I'm doing. And that's when I hired my first official coach and he took me from, I was already 15 pounds up my stage weight and he's like, okay, if you, we need to reverse diet you. And that was the first mm. time that I heard about reverse dieting and I really was, you know, at rock bottom. I had nowhere to go but up. So I was like, if this is really going to work, then it's great. If not, I can't go any lower. So <laughs> start if we can for those who are yeah. listening and help them to understand like, okay, so who is it that might need to consider reverse dieting? I would say the ideal woman for a reverse diet is someone that has been in a lot of diets. So years and years of yo-yo dieting lots of dieting patterns. They're eating very low calories. And if that, they're not even able to either number one, maintain it, or two, they just feel like they've completely hit a plateau and they don't know that they can eat any lower because it's already miserable with where they're at. That's one person for a reverse diet. Another person is if you've successfully lost weight, but you're eating a very low amount of calories and you want to get to a higher place where you feel like it's more maintainable without yes. feeling like, you know, the spike of 15 pounds post-show because you're just jumping up from, you know, 1,400 calories to 2,000 calories. 
it's for that woman as well. So it's very like customized depending on the person, but in general, those are the two women that I primarily work the most with. So generally speaking, someone who has been chronically restricting their calories Mm -hmm. and they've hit a plateau, someone who has been a, a chronic dieter and they're afraid of food, they're afraid of nutrition, they don't really even know how they can continue to maintain this and, and it's not working anyways. And then the second person who might be well-suited for reverse dieting is someone who's maybe they've hit their goal or they've lost the weight and now they're like, okay, am I supposed to maintain this deficit for a long period of time or am I supposed to go back, you know, quote unquote, go off the wagon and right. return to yeah. the way I was eating? Like, how, how do I return to a normal life without gaining all the weight back? Those are the two ideal candidates for reverse dieting. I, on my Instagram stories, asked my audience what do you want to know or what, what do you know about reverse dieting? It was really interesting because I've got quite a few people who said that they would never consider reverse dieting because isn't that just how you gain weight? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that just a, kind of a plan by which to, to put the weight back on? So there's a lot of misconceptions around reverse dieting. Julie, what do you think are some of the greatest benefits and the reasons yeah. why someone wants to consider reverse dieting? So for lack of a better term, I feel like our metabolism has a memory. So whatever we've done for years and years of our life of, you know, chronic dieting, our metabolism is going to adapt to that. And I always talk about this inside my community, like the greatest thing is that our metabolism is adaptive, but that can go in your favor or that can work against you depending on what you're doing. And so it's almost like a mutual fund, right? You're putting the short-term goal of fat loss off for a moment because you're investing in your long-term health, right? So just like you would a mutual fund, you're not spending the money initially, you're investing in a mutual fund and eventually you'll reap the benefits of that. It's the similar concept with a reverse diet. So I always kind of frame the mentality first of like, first you have to recognize that this is an investment in your long-term health. So for me, you know, I've reverse dieted four times and I'm now reaping the benefits seven years later from that because I was consistent with that. So that's kind of the first like kind of framework that I want to share with reverse dieting because women get scared and they think immediately like, oh, I don't want to gain weight. And so just kind of Mm -hmm. reframing that mindset there your metabolism, like I said, is adaptive. So you can gradually strengthen your metabolism. And that's kind of the idea behind a reverse diet is slowly increasing your metabolic rate as you increase your food with the goal of minimizing body fat gain. So we don't say you're not going to not gain weight, right? But the goal is to gain as little body fat while increasing your caloric intake week by week or a few weeks every few weeks or whatnot, depending on, you know, how aggressive or how conservative you are with your reverse diet. So if I'm hearing you correctly, another way of thinking about this is it's a healthy way to improve your body composition Mm -hmm. and also at the same time, improving your body's ability to burn calories and use calories efficiently without just gaining a bunch of weight. I think that's most women's greatest fear is like, well, but if I eat more calories, because we have this mentality around calories, then I will lose, you know, because it's calories in and calories out. That's what has been pounded into our heads. But I think we're beginning to recognize that that's not true. 
it's pretty easy to identify yourself if you're that person who's like lost a lot of weight recently and you're afraid of going back and you're, you don't know how much longer this is going to be effective for you. Because let's face it, it won't be effective long term. Right. Res- restricting does not work indefinitely. You will gain the weight back. The yeah. question is, how do you gain the weight back? How can you gain your body's ability to eat those calories without gaining all the body fat back? But what might be more difficult for women to identify themselves, how does a woman or, or a guy how do we know if we're under eating, assuming we're not tracking our own calories or macros? How yeah. does someone know if they're not consuming enough? Well, I mean, I can just speak from experience and then working with thousands of women, you know, hair loss, mood swings, hormones are out of whack, lack of energy. I mean, there's so many signs. Our bodies are amazing. And so when we are in sync with our body, we have energy, we feel vibrant, we're able to think clearly, our hormones are working properly. And so it's those daily signs of like, man, my hair is not growing. My skin is kind of like, what's going on with my skin? I am not getting a period. That's maybe something that you're struggling with. You're constantly bloated. You feel fatigued. I know for me, like I can very much relate to you in college. I remember my professor literally saying, Julie, and I was so in this mental fog that I didn't even recognize that he was speaking to me because I'm like so in, you know, I was just so fatigued and so fogged. So those are like some basic signs. I mean, Mm. obviously there's a long list of things, but on a very basic level, on a day-to-day activities, just like just not feeling your best and feeling vibrant. Yeah. And feeling hungry, like you're denying yourself a food and it's beginning to control. I think, you know, for a lot of women, they recognize how much it's begun to consume their every thought and food becomes scarier. Certain food groups become scary and you feel like you're never doing enough and that you're always eating too much. And you probably, for a lot of women, you just cannot understand why you just are not losing weight. You're like, I can't eat less. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if once we've recognized that, okay, yeah, I can't continue to do this and I'd like to try reverse dieting. Some of the benefits, obviously, how fun is it to have the freedom to do things? Like I've heard, you know, and you mentioned on your podcast, how great it is to be able to enjoy family and friends and yeah. social interactions and just not have to think or worry about like, am I allowed to eat this? Can I have bread? All of these, like the freedom it brings. Yes. How fun is it to be able to eat as many calories as you're now able to eat mm-hmm. and still maintain this beautiful physique? So I'm sold. I want to try it. Yeah. Where do I start? So the thing about reverse dieting is you have to know what your starting point is. It's a misconception around the board when people are really scared of tracking their food intake because they're scared they're going to become very obsessive about it. I look at tracking your food as the opportunity to know how much to properly fuel your body, right? Like, you know, when your gas in your car is full, it's the same thing. Like you need to know how much your body needs to function properly. And so the first thing that I always recommend people if they're interested in reverse dieting is number one, remembering that it's a long-term game. And number two, you have to know how much you're eating right now. So right now, like, and not on like my best behavior, but like literally what am I doing so that I have a starting point? Honest, honest starting point. (laughs) Like I always tell people, don't BS this. Like, this is something that I want you to be completely honest with. 
and tracking what you're eating. So if that's in a macro tracking app, I love those because they're so simple and you can literally just scan a barcode and it pulls it up. But having a great place of knowing where you're starting. So I always recommend people to at least track for two to three days just to kind of see what their baseline is with where, how much they're eating. Because sometimes they're eating more than they're actually thinking. Like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm only eating almonds and I'm eating a salad for lunch and I'm eating this, but they don't recognize the calories that are coming in from the dressing and from the, you know, the amount of oil and and what we're drinking and all the things that we're putting in our coffee. We're like, I just had coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I just had a Starbucks. Was it just a black coffee? No, it was a Frappuccino. (laughs) (laughs) It was a milkshake from Starbucks. (laughs) Okay. So we got to get that baseline. We have to know where we're starting and and you need to do that. Honestly, I love my fitness pal. What's your favorite tracking app? Yeah, I personally love my Macros Plus. I think that it's very, my fitness pal is great. It has a huge database. So that can be a lot less intimidating for people starting out. My Macros Plus, it's getting better in terms of the database. And I just feel like it's very user-friendly without all the fluff, which is why I love it. I just want to caution you because when our anxiety levels are high, when we're just feeling things that we don't want to feel, it isn't uncommon for many of us to want to self-medicate. Whether that's having you know a couple of extra adult beverages at night or I don't know, whatever it is you choose to self-medicate with, there are healthier alternatives. Consider the risks that are involved when you turn to something that can be addictive in nature. Even if you're like, well, I'm not addicted to it or I don't have a problem with it. Just be aware that there are healthier ways or all natural ways to calm yourself and to feel better. And for many people, that happens to be CBD. Now, the CBD that I tend to recommend is one that does not have THC. And I just, for me, that is the safest thing I feel comfortable talking about with my audience. And I've done the research and the company that I recommend for you, my listener, is Soul CBD. And that's for a couple of reasons. Most importantly, there's no THC. So you can't get high. It doesn't have any of those qualities. And it helps by recalibrating your central nervous system to homeostasis. One of the reasons why you hear all these kind of seemingly crazy claims about CBD is that it has an overall impact on our nervous system. So as you can imagine, that's going to improve a lot of things. For some people, they could feel a major improvement with their sleep or anxiety. Some people, it's energy, inflammation, pain. So consider if you are looking into using an all-natural product to help you with your anxiety, if you haven't yet tried CBD, I would highly recommend you try My Soul CBD. That is the brand that we use. Their ingredients are triple lab tested. It's USA grown. It's organically farmed. It's gluten-free. They've got gummies, which are super convenient for travel. They've got drops you can put under your tongue. I personally love the lemon drops, because I can just put them in my water and then I don't even notice it. And for sleep, if you follow me on social media, you know that I really feel I get so much more restful sleep when I take their sleep aid. And it's a combination of melatonin and CBD. And I don't know if they work together in some way, but I have zero side effects in the morning. I personally don't struggle with anxiety. So I can't speak to that personally, but I can tell you I have a lot of friends who do, and they swear by CBD. The brand to buy, My Soul CBD, and you get twenty percent off with the code Lifer when you go to mysoulcbd.com. Again, the code 
for 20% off is Lifer. People are afraid to track, but it's really quick and it's easy and, you know, it'll take you maybe an hour or so to figure out exactly how to use an app. Not even that. I'm, I'm yeah. over-exaggerating. It would take my mom an hour or so to use the app. <laughs> but then after that, like you get the hang of it and it's kind of fun. But Julie, what do you say to the people, because I get this a lot, that, you know, really get angry that I suggest that at least once a quarter people track their macros because it's really no different than at least once a month you should check on your investments. Like yep. you say, making the analogy yep. with your money, it, it's really kind of important that you know where you are. But there are, are those people who believe that, you know, there are certain populations that it can be very triggering mm -hmm. and can spark or reignite an eating disorder. What are your yeah. thoughts around that? I think that there's so many different groups and so many different histories. And I always say, if you're complaining about it, this is an alternative for you to learn and educate yourself. If you're not complaining about it, then don't worry about it. This is for sure. a group of people that really want to feel empowered and educated around food. Now I understand that, you know, the intimidation of tracking every single morsel going into your body can be very like overwhelming. But I think giving yourself grace and recognizing again that it's important to know how much you're properly feeling your body. If you have goals, it's a great place to kind of, like you said, check in, just like we have to yeah. go to the doctor and check in and see how our blood is and things like that. It, I like to look at it as less intimidating like that because it's not about eating too less or not about eating too much. It's about eating enough. Am I eating yeah. enough for what my body needs? And there, when you do that, you kind of take out the mindset of like, oh my gosh, I have to restrict my food or oh my gosh, you know, it's, am I eating enough? And you're constantly asking these questions. I feel like it's a fail-proof way to know exactly how much you're fueling yourself, especially if you have goals and you want to, you know, have energy throughout the day and for your kids or for your business or whatever it is, it's just an important way to check in. Yeah, it's a tool. It's a possible tool. And I think I like to tell everyone, you know yourself best. If yep. the thought of tracking and measuring brings back negative feelings or it triggers a past eating disorder or maybe even disordered eating that you've struggled with, well, then you know yourself and, and don't do it. You know, I also think that using a scale and weighing yourself is useful for some people. I don't find it useful. Right. I can't tell you the last time I, last time I got on a scale yeah. was when I went to the doctor. But other than that, I do think it's a really useful tool for many people, just not for me. For me, yeah. it, it'll ruin my mood. Yeah. Even though I know why I'm up two pounds today, I don't need to be in a bad mood over right. it. You right. know what I mean? So yeah. I don't care. It's just how my clothes fit that day and that's enough. Okay, so now I've tracked my macros. I have a sense of what I'm doing right now. How do I know where I should be or if I need to increase it? How do I know other than looking on the apps and they give you generic information or is that what I should go by in terms of like how much I should be trying to increase my intake? Yeah. So typically we say, okay, whatever you are at right now, make sure you're eating at least 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight. That's minimum, mm -hmm. maximum of, you know, one gram one. of protein per pound of body weight. And then from there, look at your carbohydrates. How many carbohydrates are you eating per day in grams? And how many grams of fat are you eating per day? So for your first, this is kind of like a very conservative way to start a reverse diet is take your starting numbers and then 10% more of your carbs and 10% more of your fats. So those would be your starting numbers. So okay. let's say, for example, your starting number was, you know, 40 grams of fat per day. 
10% of that would be anywhere from 43 to 45 grams of fat you'd start with. And then with carbohydrates, if you're, let's just say you're eating 100 grams of carbs, which is pretty low, but that's the whole point is you're trying to increase your caloric intake, 10% of that. So about starting at about 110 grams of carbs and then making sure that your protein is about 0.8 grams per pound of body weight, that's going to be your starting point. The name of the game in reverse dieting is consistency. And this is where a lot of people get hung up because they either start the reverse diet and their body immediately reacts to the spike in calories and they feel bloated, they're up a couple pounds, water weight, they're, you know, things like, they freak <laughs> out. <laughs> abort, abort, back to restriction. I must restrict. Exactly. And then they just, you know, a week, two weeks go by and they're like, I, they give up and they go back mm. to the cycle. So it's again, really framing your mentality. I love, you know, we both talk about the power of journaling and how important it is that we're stating our goals every day and reminding ourselves throughout the day of what our ultimate goal is. And if our ultimate goal is to finally feel at a healthy point in our relationship with food and being able to enjoy ourselves and sustain what we're doing and what we're eating long-term, then staying consistent in your reverse diet is important. So with reverse dieting, it's kind of pointless if you're not staying very consistent with your numbers because mm-hmm. if you're, you know, kind of going off track on the weekends and here and there, you're very all over the place, it's hard for your body to grasp on to that number and really start to adapt to the higher number, aka once your body kind of levels out and maintains, then a few weeks, you know, two, three, four, depending on how slow or fast you want to go with your reverse diet you can then do your next increase in calories. So in, you know, another 10% of carbs and another 10% fat. And this is kind of just a basic principle in terms of reverse dieting. Obviously, if you have a coach, you can go a lot more in depth, but that's kind of like the basic. It's not a customized number. It's a generic number. And I always want to remind people of that. You know, what we're offering is general information for the the average person, but each one of us is so unique. It might just be that you, when you track your macros, find out that your fat intake is off the charts and your carbohydrates are way too low. And so, you know, by working with a coach, that's where you can customize or, or really just like we talked about the beginning is diving into knowledge and research to understand like where you should be yep. based on yep. what makes you feel good, not based on so-and-so's diet who isn't your age, doesn't have your genetics or your dieting history or your physique goals or your exercise regimen. Like following someone else's exact prescription doesn't really make sense unless you're identical twins. But we still have to give like general guidelines for people. Mm-hmm. And so keep that in mind, everybody, but also consider that if you're really serious about this, I mean, I can't imagine anything more important than investing in your own health yep. and having it customized. That really does make a huge difference. For me personally, I know when, you know, I guess you could call it a form of reverse dieting. I realized when I was tracking my macros that my fat intake was where I thought it was, but my carbohydrate intake was way higher than what I was estimating in my head the last time I, you know, tracked my macros. I'm like, really now? Wow, have I been lying to myself? You know, so there I had to, I kept my fat where it was, but I was like, oh, I need to bring my carbohydrates down a little bit and I need to bring my protein way up. And it's just crazy how in your mind you think one thing's happening when in fact it's not. So we've got these micro adjustments and we're going to start there. How long would we stay at like, again, this general prescription of a 10% increase? How long would we stay there? 
Well, definitely for the first week, you at least want to stay, you know, three to six weeks. I would say good kind of like four to five weeks is a great place to kind of see how your body's responding, assuming that you're, you know, within one to five grams of protein, carbs, and fats daily. And that's where meal planning comes in. Like that's huge when it comes to reverse dieting. And when it comes to just learning how to fit your favorite foods in moderation into your daily intake, when you meal plan and meal prep, which I know a lot of people get really intimidated by, you're actually allowing yourself and you're enabling yourself to fit your favorite foods, you know, because you're already pre-planning it into your day. So that's a huge key in making sure that you're in that one to five gram per day. And then I would say in in about four to five weeks, check in with yourself. I always love to say, don't just weigh yourself. Make sure you're taking your progress photos. Make sure Mm. you're taking your body measurements, asking yourself, how am I feeling? How are my workouts? What's my energy level like? All of those things. Those are all forms of measurement. And I think we oftentimes just think that the scale is the form of measurement, but there's so many other ways to monitor your progress. So just keep that in mind. The goal is, again, to minimize fat gains while maximizing your caloric intake. So if you maintained or you gained maybe one pound or like half an inch, you can, it's again, up to you how aggressive or how conservative you want to go. I typically, you know, when I first did my reverse diet, my very first time, because I was already 15 pounds up post stage weight, I gained about another five pounds more. But in that 16 week period of my first reverse diet, I went from a hundred grams of carbs to 320 grams of carbs. So I was able to, you know, like additional five pounds, but really like increase my metabolic rate with the mm. increasing calories allowed me to then go to, which I went on to do my second bikini show. I won my pro card. And at that point, I think the lowest amount I went in that second bikini cut was 1700 calories. And then from there I reversed up. And so every time you reverse your body and your metabolism gets stronger and your metabolic mm. rate increases. And so Yeah. So kind of going back to checking in. It's like the opposite of what most women are doing, which is like they're cutting the calories, they're dropping the weight, they're gaining the weight and their metabolism is still slow. And now they're trying to restrict again, their metabolism slows down even further. They're restricting even further and they're not seeing the same results. And they're like, I don't get it. The last time I did this, I dropped a bunch of weight. Why? I guess I better just restrict harder. Yeah. And then the metabolism just keeps saying like, oh, cool. I see what you're doing here. I have a memory. You're you're not giving us enough. And so I'm your body and I'm I'm here to take care of you and make sure that you survive. So we'll slow your energy burn. And that's the beautiful thing. I think so many women are like, I am cursed with a slow metabolism. And I always remind them that our metabolisms are adaptive. So even if you feel as cursed with a slow metabolism, that was adapted over time, which means that you have the opportunity to reverse that adaptation. And your metabolic rate can go up, which is beautiful. So constantly reminding women that where you're at right now, your body is trying to take care of you and trying to make sure that you survive, which is a beautiful thing. But if you are miserable, then you need to honor your body and kind of put your short-term goal of fat loss on hold and really invest in your long-term investment of your metabolic rate. Things that you and I both are in agreement on are just the importance of kind of phasing your diet, recognizing that 
your body is super adaptive and it wants to plateau. It wants to create homeostasis. It wants to create that set point and how important it is to kind of phase your diet. Now, I've heard you mention that you've done several phases of reverse dieting. Why is it or what is it you use to determine if in fact you should be doing another reverse dieting? And then what are you doing just prior to the reverse diet? Yeah. I'll kind of go back into my story to kind of give you a little bit more context. So I dieted down, won my pro card. On stage, I was like, I am not doing another show. I am committing myself to sustainable health because this is just not sustainable. Even though I was eating a decent amount of calories, still tracking every single morsel, still doing every single minute of cardio and all of that. And so I was at a, you know, my, my body was stage lean. Then I reverse dieted for 22 weeks post-show and I got back up to... 340 grams of carbs. So I was even higher than my first reverse diet and my body was leaner. So, you know, at a point with your reverse diet, you get very high and some people love it. They love eating a lot of food every day. And some people are like, this is a lot of food. And so for me, I kind of tapered down back to my maintenance and I just kind of like maintained there for a while. And then from there, I did a mini cut for my wedding. So I did a six week mini cut. But the beautiful thing was that my metabolic rate was so much higher now that I didn't have to cut low in order for my body to release body fat because I was already telling my body like, okay, we're maintaining properly on, you know, 2,100 calories per day. If you just cut down to 1,900 calories, which is still a very healthy amount of food, my body immediately was able to identify that, you know, not as much food and I immediately dropped body fat. Wow. So then I did a, a four week or six week cut and then I kind of reverse backed up. So it's all about like kind of what goals you have. Again, if you do a mini cut and then you want to either stay at maintenance for a little bit and then reverse up, it's kind of like Every time what I've realized though that I've done a reverse diet, every time my maintenance calories gets a little bit higher. That's so because nice. Because my metabolic rate, yeah, which is great. So now I'm like, I can, you know, ne I don't stress about food and I'm able to enjoy myself socially and not worry about it and just not be in a caloric deficit, just chilling at maintenance and loving it. So many women, they want to believe you, but they also think, well, but Julie, I'm different my body doesn't work that way. I would never be able to do that. I would gain all the weight back. I can't handle the thought of being overweight. I've tried that and it scares women. It really, really scares them to think that there's another way, even though they may be so miserable doing what they've been doing. To just kind of simplify what it is you've described, you've learned how to get leaner for whatever reason, an event, or I just feel like I want to get leaner, but to do so in a way that doesn't destroy your metabolism. Yeah. And that's the idea. And I think everything that most of us have learned or practiced most of our lives, especially those of us who are chronic dieters, is that you just have to keep cutting and cutting and cutting and exercising and exercising. And that's the only way. But despite the fact that we know from our own personal experience, it just slows the metabolism. Yeah. Yeah. And this is yeah. a, a wonderful alternative. Mm -hmm. And I think I'd love to know how it has helped your physique and your training. Mm. I mean, more food is more energy and I can lift more. I am a lover of weightlifting. So I just feel stronger in the gym. I feel like when you go into a reverse diet, you are 
climbing out of a caloric deficit into maintenance. And if you continue on your reverse diet, you're then in a caloric surplus, which allows you, you can still build muscle at maintenance. But when you're in a caloric surplus, you are really able to, you know, build muscle. And so I feel like over time with allowing myself to dip into a caloric surplus, I've been able to build muscle, which then obviously when I lean out and I have lower body fat, you're able to see the muscle more, right? Mm -hmm. It's not that I just magically get more muscular. It's that I've had the muscle and then I'm just slowly decreasing my body fat and you can now see it. So I would say if anything, it just increases my energy and my workouts. I feel like it has helped so much in terms of building my physique and making myself stronger in certain areas of my body. And I don't know, I just, I am a huge believer in reverse dieting because I remember how scary it was the Mm. first time. And now being on the other side of it, I just, my hope is always to just remind women like, hey, I've been in your shoes. I know the fears that you have and I know the doubts, but look, there is like the end of the tunnel. It's whatever you make it, right? I could do another three reverse diets in my life. I have no idea what, you know, what's to come, but the fact that I'm able to be where I'm at right now and just feel strong and energized and feel like I have all that I need to crush my workout is great. I love it. So you'll phase that back in just kind of, you don't have a set like, oh, once a quarter, I'm going to do a reverse diet or once a year, I'm going to do a reverse diet. It's like whenever you decide, oh, I want to get a little leaner and I want to do a cut, then I'm going to increase because I can't stay there indefinitely. If you try to stay there indefinitely, you're going to wreck your metabolism. So the way that you're going to save yourself from that and not do additional damage is to just do a reverse diet afterwards. Yep. Let's talk about if we can, and I know we're running out of time here, but just really quick, can you rapid fire for us some of the ways this has improved your mental health when it comes to your diet and nutrition and exercise? Oh my gosh. I just feel like my first reverse diet was really like the eye opener when it comes to how much I had labeled foods good or bad and just recognizing how detrimental that was with my relationship with food. And I think that is a relationship that we so often put on the back burner. Like we don't give it the time and energy or education or just, you know, intentional focus to learn and develop is our relationship with food. And I feel like from going through these reverse diets, it has allowed me the opportunity to feel more free when it comes to fueling my body with fun foods and allowing myself like that, you know, ice cream or the popcorn or whatever pop tart if I want it, but keeping things in moderation and remembering that I'm not just going to eat a diet full of Pop-Tarts, but I'm allowing myself if I want a Pop-Tart, you know, once a month I'll have a Pop-Tart. It's fine. And so I, I feel like it has allowed me the opportunity to just repair and restore my relationship with food first and foremost. And secondly, just seeing my body at different stages and reminding myself that this is evolution, this is growth. And choosing to love myself at every single stage and giving myself grace during, you know, the first reverse diet where I I was not in an ideal weight. I didn't feel good during my reverse diet. But again, it goes back to that mentality of like, okay, I'm going to choose to continue to invest in my long-term health. And I'm so grateful that I stuck it out because now I'm reaping the benefits of that. Yeah. I think just, it's been a blessing in so many ways of just growing myself mentally and physically and allowing myself the opportunity to grow and learn new things and 
not label foods as good or bad and kind of just overall learn moderation. I'd love that. That in and of itself should be motivation for people to consider doing it the right way, you know, and freeing yourself from that. I know for me personally, it's crazy how unsatisfied and unhappy I was with my body when I was malnourished, (laughs) when I was over-exercising and under-eating. I was just never, everything I felt like was wrong with my body. And, And the more I deprived myself of sleep and of nutrition and of rest, the more dissatisfied I was. It was just so crazy. And it's funny how the more I take care of myself and I'm eating enough calories, I'm getting enough sleep, I'm getting the right kind of rest, and my exercise is restorative. It's crazy how I just am so much kinder and more complimentary to myself. Like the other day we were walking to a restaurant and this is so funny, but I'm not bragging, but like I, I just would never normally do this. And I said to Brett, I go, look at my butt. Like that is a good butt. And I never, ever would have said that, you know? And I just am like, that's a much happier place to be. It's not about being egotistical or or bragging. It's just about if you can't love yourself, it's really hard to love other people. And if you can't love yourself, it's really hard to accept any sort of love that's given to you because you're constantly like denying it. Like, no, no. And that's a huge thing too. I work with a lot of women who are just married. And if you're feeling super insecure about your body, it's really hard to dive into a relationship and like be able to give, you know, give of yourself and receive the love that your spouse is wanting to give you. And so I think that's spot on. I mean, I feel like you truly cannot receive love until you first have loved yourself and learn to appreciate yourself and embrace yourself. That's beautiful. I love it. That's a perfect spot for us to wrap this up. Julie, I know people are going to want to follow you and tell us where we can follow you and how we can learn more about reverse dieting and maybe even working with you. Yeah. So Julie A. Ledbetter on Instagram. I also have- Can you spell that for us? Yes. Julie, J-U-L-I-E-A-L-E-D-B-E-T-T-E-R. On Instagram, I love popping in, giving your daily dose of, you know, post-workout inspiration tips, honest accountability. And also I do have a free ebook. It's 39 plus pages and it teaches you exactly what your maintenance calories should be. So if you're kind of struggling and you're like, I want to know what my maintenance calories is, or you're just wanting to learn more about macro counting, it's a free book. It's called Macro Counting for the Everyday Woman. And that will give you everything that you need to know, kind of simplify everything that you need to know to start immersing yourself into learning how to properly feel your body. And where can we find that? Yes. JulieAledbetter.com and forward slash free dash ebook. Free dash ebook. Awesome. And of course, those links will be in our show notes. So remember, you can always just look below. If you just swipe up on the show art, you'll see the links there. You can just click on them. You can click on them while you're listening to the show. I love it if you would do that. And I, of course, while you're there, why not go all the way down to the bottom of the app where you get to write a review for the show and let us know what you thought about this episode. Even if you've already left a review, you can leave a specific review on a specific topic like Julie today. Julie, thank you so much for sharing your story and motivating us to take control of our our metabolism and in the process, live a much happier, healthier life. You are amazing. We are so lucky to have you. Thank you so much. 